And welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I want to start by saying that I am pumped this week because if you haven't already noticed, I got a brand new microphone and it is the mother of all microphones it is the absolute Don. So I thought I'd celebrate well myself and the RET boys, me, Tom and Alex thought we'd celebrate. And uh, with the launch of the new site has just been dropped, retfam.com. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. And also I thought I'd celebrate because I know I say this a lot. But it, honestly, it blows me away every single time this happens. Every single message that I receive with the end of the end of the year. This is the first year that I've been doing podcasts. You get like a, a Spotify Wrapped, and basically, people you can see how many minutes you have listened to a certain podcast or a certain tune. Um, you can see like how well stuff is done, and the amount of people that tagged me in their stories for the end of year Spotify thing in terms of podcasts was fucking mad like i have people listening to thousands of hours of podcasts so i was like you know what we're gonna have to up this and do right by people we're gonna have to keep going and keep smashing these podcasts and uh, really really prioritize it i know i'm a bit here and there with the upload schedule i try and upload every week but um yeah it's, it really really motivated me to see those messages and uh, a lot of love to you guys and it's crazy to think that so many people like some of the heartfelt messages i got about how helpful they've been and how people listen to them and repeat absolutely blew my blew me away so maybe i should start identifying as a podcaster rather than a <laughs> rather than a, a youtuber but i've never been an instagrammer maybe i'll just be a content creator podcast is pretty cool anyway without further ado we got a bit of a weird one today so i wanted to talk to you about something that's happened to me recently and i've got no like real direction for this podcast don't really know where it's going to go and haven't got any notes or anything like that haven't got like a setup for it i've just got like three bullet points written down on my phone and this podcast is the story time with mo podcast so it's only it only seems appropriate that I actually tell some stories and before we get going i want to say as well the new ret site is launched so if you haven't checked it out check it out retfam.com is absolutely incredible we're going to do so many bits of that we're going to help so many people trading plans diet plans everything is on there and we also have our own podcast it's like we just kind of us three me, my, me myself tom and alex we just chill out we just kick back and we just say some of the some of the stuff that we can't really put anywhere else on the internet on that podcast as well so anyhow without further ado um let's get into the podcast and uh where are my notes i want to talk about today i'll tell you what i've got this is how limited my notes are um god damn i can hear my own voice now it's cool as well because before this i was using a i'm currently using a short sm7b microphone which is i think the same as joe rogan uses before i was just using a, a snowball a, a uh what, whatever they're called blue snowball mic so i couldn't actually hear myself speak but now i've got some headphones on it plugged into an audio interface which allows me to hear everything and it sounds so freaking cool i might have to stop swearing as well to make this podcast like um, PG friendly. Right. So then a completely off the cuff podcast with no kind of pre-planning or anything at all. I'm just going to ramble at you about some thoughts that have been on my mind for the last week. So I've had some problems with my health recently, like uh, the last month or so I've had, I've always got problems with my health. Well, it's obviously not good to identify that, but I've, uh, my, my leg is, is persistently an issue and it's not something that's meant to get better or it's not meant to recover. Um, I've had some extra issues with my health this week and uh, over the last few, last month or so. And this week I went for a scan or I went for a couple of scans and a consultation because I continue to be a medical mystery and the doctors do not know what is up with me. So I went for a scan this week, last week. I spent the day in hospital and uh, I went for an ultrasound. I went down there. I was actually, I actually got the timings wrong and worked them, worked them out terribly. So I started the day by being like half an hour late, driving at like 
the speed limit, obviously, definitely not double the speed limit, to my hospital appointment, which is about an hour and 15 minutes away. Um, let's rewind back a little bit further as well. I actually also got evicted on Monday as well from our old place. Or it was like a nice eviction. The landlord just basically said, you can't renew your lease here. So uh, we had to leave and we had to move. So that meant that I was... I'm now living in Bude, which is about an hour and 15 minutes away from where the hospital appointment is. So I woke up on time, but I got the timings incredibly wrong. I was an idiot and couldn't work out what one hour and 15 minutes plus 10 o'clock is for some reason. And uh, long story short, I ended up rushing to the hospital, um, was really, really late, rushed, stressed out, and uh, went there, not really, not really knowing what I was getting done for this scan. So I went in there, got this ultrasound done on my kidneys because I've had some strange things going on. I've got, long story short, I've basically got a uh, condition I believe to be chyloria, which I've diagnosed myself. And that's where you've got a fistula forming between your lymphatic system and your kidneys. And what that basically means is there's, there's a hole in my lymphatic system that goes into my kidney that shouldn't be there. So I've got a hole in my kidney effectively. And uh, what that means is that I am leaking out lymphatic fluid. If you haven't watched my YouTube video explaining what the lymphatic system does, check it out. I'm leaking out lymphatic fluid into my kidneys through, through this hole. And as your lymphatic fluid is involved in the transportation of medium chain triglycerides, no long chain triglycerides, sorry, long chain triglycerides, which are long chain fats, because they're involved in the transportation of that in your immune system, it basically means that whenever I eat fatty foods, the hole leaks and it leaks out these fats. So that means when I urinate, I was passing out my, effectively passing out high volumes of fat, essential fatty acids, fat and protein, as well as components of my immune system through my urine. And for every liter of this stuff called child that you pass out, sounds really nice, doesn't it? That you, um, that you pass through passes urine you lose about 60 grams of protein of like really important immune proteins so um that's not the not not good and uh, i've been on a, a no fat diet not a low fat diet literally a no fat diet for the past uh past few weeks three to four weeks but enough of that i'll make a more in-depth future video so i was in hospital um trying to find out what caused that what was the problem and how we can potentially fix it and what it is. So anyway, I arrived late. I was really stressed in my hospital, hospital appointment, going down the corridor, um, going going left, right, left, right, trying to find this room, knowing that I was really, really late. Managed to get to my ultrasound. They managed to let me in because they they re reshuffled my appointment. And I went in for my ultrasound. And anyway, so I, I lay there, got my ultrasound on my kidneys, um, got the ultrasound done and uh i was oh, I'm, I'm pretty all right at hospitals i used to be absolutely petrified i used to be a hypochondriac when i was a kid um convinced that i was dying and uh it was it was fine like i'm pretty chill in hospitals but just the, the thought occurred to me i asked her uh, how it was looking and she wouldn't tell me so she would the the uh, doctor that was doing the ultrasound wouldn't tell me what was going on inside me because she said that to discuss at a later date when someone else has been over the results. So I was like, okay, that's not good. And I started to get these like deep, dark thoughts in the back of my head. I was just considering for a moment or just kind of perceiving, um, visualizing like not the best of things. Like what What if I was like fucking riddled with tumors and dying of cancer or something? And it wasn't like me uh, really overly concerned or worried, but the thought just crossed my mind and came into my head. And I, I thought about it and I was like, have I been living in accordance with, if I, were, if I were to die tomorrow or if I was to leave this hospital appointment and they said that I had like a month left to live, 
what would I do with that time? Like, what would I do for the remain remaining month, remaining even year, remaining two years of my life? And it's like, would I continue what I've been doing? Like exactly what I've been doing? Probably pretty similar because I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing right now. But in terms of decision making, when I'm met with like a decision to do something, whether like, for example, a big decision in my life right now is a house. Do I get a house back in Plymouth? Or do I go traveling away for a few months? And that would be a pretty no-brainer decision if I did find out that I was like fucking dying of some terrible disease that was rotting my kidneys or something. Um, so yeah, so I uh, so I thought about that, and that's kind of been on the on the back of my head, and kind of how I want to like uh, what I want to what I want to revolve this podcast around that kind of notion of like anything can anything can happen. Are you making the right decisions based on like your own impending mortality? And would things be different for you if you were actually gonna, if you were aware that you could die at any moment? Because it could happen to each and any any one of us at any time. You know, it's not something that it's something that we push to the back of our heads and we ignore. But it's something that is always present, and no one expects to die. But it is going to happen to every single one of you listening right now, no matter how much you hate it, like hate the thought of it, or no how no matter how much it scares you, like you're going to die, and it can happen in the next three seconds you could have a heart attack you have could have a pulmonary embolism you could have a stroke like there are a million and one different things that could happen right now and it's like have you are you doing day to day what you the things that you value and the things that you the decisions are, are the decisions that you're making in accordance with how you want to live your life when you look back at it on your deathbed if that makes sense and i kind of had not a revelation but a bit of a like a very was, was put very deeply in thought from this situation at the hospital so I left my appointment. I just didn't really have any music in my car. I was kind of dwelling over that as I was uh, was driving back because they wouldn't discuss results with me. And um, and yeah, I was just just thinking about that. I wanted to mention it today in the podcast because it's like it's worth worth being aware of your own mortality and that you are not made of steel. Like you are going to die. Your health is going to get bad. And it's like you've got to live every fucking day as it comes and kind of enjoy it whilst you can and do all the things that you want to do and take risks and make those stupid decisions and like do these crazy things that you want to do because you might not get the chance to do it again and just kind of like made it plonked that right in the right in the front of my brain i was like god damn like maybe i should be living in accordance with this whole idea that you could die at any time and anything can happen. I was just lying there as I was going through a scan, just imagining like what it would be like if they were like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Samuels, I'm sorry, but like your kidneys, mate, there's, <laughs> so th th they're going to explode or something like that. So, so yeah, um, that kind of was a bit thought provoking for myself. And anyway, um, after that scan, they didn't really tell me anything. They told me to come back in a few hours time, told me to sit in the calf. It's quite a funny story. Told me to sit in the calf and, uh, and um, chill and relax. And uh, I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm going to try and grab a training session because they said that I'll discuss the results after the ultrasound. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try and train in between my hospital appointment. So what did I do? I met up with Tom, Tom Stockton, and uh, we hit a chest session, I believe, or was it back? Uh, I think it's a chest session in the new gym um, that's just opened up from me after lockdown so it's like the first session back i was super keen to train so what did we do we took copious amounts of my brand new prototype wad pill that is incredibly strong it's a pre-workout it's a, a very potent stimulant and if any of you guys know what stimulants do to you they can make you quite anxious quite jittery um vasoconstriction and uh i've taken a lot of stimulants 
So anyway, um, I was still fine though, because it's like, it is what it is. Like I'm pretty, pretty good at dealing with these things. And uh, went back to the hospital, was running a little bit late um, because the traffic was quite bad. And uh, went went to went to get my appointment. Went walked into the hospital, parked my car, quickly parked my car, just left it at the side of a multi-story car park somewhere because I couldn't find a space, and uh, made my way to the appointment. I went through a double doors, um, started following the signs for something called the chestnut unit, and that's where urology is, which is the study of your like uh, your your bladder and your kidneys and your urinal your um, urethra and all all the things involved in basically peeing. So I was following the signs for chestnut unit and um, underneath it, I noticed something called endoscopy. And if you're not familiar with what an endoscopy is, it's basically where they insert a camera into one of your three holes inside your body. And I was like, nah, nah, that's not, that can't be right. Like, but I don't like how it's positioned directly under the chestnut unit sign. So I started following the signs, like again, walking quite rapidly through a hospital, left, um, signs that go left, chestnut unit, endoscopy also said go left, and then it said go right, left, right, left. And everywhere the chestnut unit went, below it, it said endoscopy until I got to the end of the corridor. I got to the end of the corridor and it was like there was nowhere else to go. And uh, I was like, all right, moment of truth. Look, looked up at the signs and it said endoscopy left, chestnut unit right. I was like, oh. Thank God I'm not having a not being violated by camera today. So um anyway, turned right into the chestnut unit, saw the receptionist, um, waiting for my like consultation, spoke to her, I was like, Oh, I've got an appointment. Um, Samuels, and she's like, oh, Okay, um, are you able to pass urine? I was like, um, probably not, because I've just taken so much pre-workout, my penis no longer resists. So due to vasoconstriction, obviously my I've had like a little shriveled up willy. And uh she goes, Oh wow, you're gonna have to be able to pass um urine for your endoscopy that you're having. I was like, what? So I had a surprise endoscopy um, after that initial ultrasound whilst being absolutely gone on pre-workout, which was, it wasn't too bad, to be honest. Like it was, it's quite, it was, I in hindsight, I kind of enjoyed it. So I, don't get me wrong. Like I do not like anything being shoved inside me and I didn't derive any kind of sexual pleasure from this. But um, the mere challenge of overcoming that obstacle whilst being in a less than okay uh state due to the pre-workout and handling it well and being able to crack jokes to the nurses about how small my penis is and being able to look on the bright side and all that is incredibly is an incredibly rewarding feeling so anyway i went into the uh, went into the room they called me in and uh, two nurses and the doctor um shoved a camera up my Japsai. that's probably a, it's a Japsai a racist term i don't really care because it's called a Japsai. um up my urethra or whatever you want to call it japsai no racism intended um i never actually never actually thought of that that's that's probably actually classed as racist these days isn't it how crazy is that in this in this society like it's just been the word for that my whole life i bet you're not allowed in a couple of years time you're not going to be allowed to say that it's going to be equal to many other racial slurs that are completely taboo but anyway they shove this camera up my urethra and into my bladder and uh, if you're curious about how they do it basically you go into the room um they're like give you a little towel to take a few clothes and drop your trousers off and i was like yeah there's not really any point in that is there it's not going to save me much dignity so i just dropped my trousers dropped my boxes um whipped my little stimmed up penis out and uh doctor was actually very efficient to be honest he walked up to me this old guy probably about 70 um like with his with his right hand he he grabbed my little cock with a thumb grip got some saline solution in a syringe and then just like without warning without saying anything just like shoved 10 to 20 mils of saline into me um and then just like like this 
popped in a camera that's probably the same diameter as a, a thick like extension called cable somehow he got this lubed up camera into me straight into me and uh, it wasn't too bad like i this is one of the things i've always feared the most like getting a procedure like this and i've had some pretty gnarly procedures in the hospital the only things that i'm missing are probably a um a, like a chest drain i've never had a chest drain or a lumbar punch i've had a the worst one that i had much worse than the um endoscopy was a uh was a what's it called um, where they aspirate your knee, knee joint, and they put a steroidal cortisol, cortisol steroid into your knee joint. That was pretty bad. The aspiration of that when it's all infected and uh, arthritic, that was not nice. But anyway, so they put this tube down into me and uh, it like, it, it kind of burned. It was not comfortable at all. It wasn't agony. It was like a solid, I got a pretty good pain threshold, like six out of 10, probably six out of 10 pain. I'd say the most of I'd say no one really listening to this has probably experienced over eight out of 10 to give it a, a scale. It just kind of burned and then it got to the bladder and then it like, it was a bit uncomfortable. You couldn't get it in. But once it was in, other than being like uncomfortable, it was all right. It just felt like I needed to pee really bad. Um, and anyway, survived that and they saw some like funky growths on my growths inside my bladder, which is odd, which he had never seen before and has no explanation for whatsoever. Um, he didn't think it was cancerous though. So happy days. I think I should be okay. But, um, but yeah, I kind of left there with, with some movement in terms of like what was wrong with me. But the, but I still remain a bit of a a bit of a medical a medical mystery. And I got a call a few days ago saying I've got to go for an emergency ultrasound on Tuesday. Um, and then they're gonna someone else is gonna give me an ultrasound on my kidneys again to have another look at them or a second opinion. And then I assume that they're gonna give me something called a lymphocintograph. I like the way this podcast is just talking about my health now. Um, a lymphocintograph, which is a form of nuclear medicine where they inject a radioactive dye into your lymphatic system and see whether the dye travels through the use of X-rays. I believe so. That's what I'm. That they're, I'll probably do to me next. They should have just done it to be straight away, but I'm guessing it's quite expensive. So they want to try and rule out every other testing possibility first of all, even if it involves shoving a camera up my cock. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make from his story is that um, afterwards, okay, there's so much uncertainty. Like I kind of left the hospital with more symptoms, with knowing that more things wrong with me, with knowing, um, with, with like not really knowing that maybe, okay, maybe it's quite kind of serious um, um the, the doctors didn't really have a clue he didn't know whether i'd ever be able to revert back to he literally said it was like he doesn't doesn't know whether i'd be able to uh, will revert back to eating normal food and i can tell you something that eating less than 10 grams of fat a day is not ideal man i start to get eczema um, because your skin every single cell in your body is made from fat you have a phospholipid bilayer around your cells phospholipid lipid referring to fat and uh, bilayer referring to this double layer of, uh, of um, phospholipids around your cells and they they rely on fat to create that you have uh, fat soluble vitamins um, that you need fat to, uh, in order to absorb them um, your hair your skin so if you were deficient on essential fatty acids for an, uh, enough like a, a large enough time you just wouldn't regenerate you wouldn't heal you probably your hair would probably fall out you would probably be covered in sores and eczema and wounds and uh, yeah that's less than less than ideal so it's a lot of like uncertainty in terms of what's wrong with me and what can happen and for my future but um, but the point I'm trying to make from this massive long drawn out story is that I actually left the hospital and I felt fucking good. Like I felt fucking great. I felt really, really good. And I felt very present. I wasn't really caught up in my thoughts. I wasn't very panicky. I, I felt, I just felt good. And and you, you'd think like, how how could you feel good or happy like, after that, with with that happening, with going to the hospital, with not knowing these things, with having these procedures done to you, how could you um, be appreciative and feel like good after that? And it was after I was like pondering on these thoughts of like your 
potential mortality and and other things and like how would i live my life if i was if that was if i was to like be like oh yeah you got a week to live like what would i be doing would i be doing the same thing then and like really really considering it and looking into it actually brought me some form of like um gratitude or an enjoyment you know that that's probably unlikely to happen so it's like almost like practice like the stoics practicing perceived loss is one thing they teach they say that you should uh imagine losing something because if you imagine losing something it's going to number one make you grateful for it it's going to make you more grateful uh, in the moment and it's going to mean that you're going to be more prepared for the inevitable loss when that thing does happen but yeah, um, I've felt this before as well, where I've like been under some form of adver adversity, like physical adversity, whatever it is, um, mental adversity. I've been in the hospital, and I've actually felt really, really good in myself. So when I on my when I spent my twenty fourth birthday alone in hospital in London after missing a a birthday weekend, a family holiday, after missing everything you could possibly miss, I felt amazing. And the the reason, like looking into it more, that I felt great was I think it's because I. I could see the progression in how far I'd come, how I dealt with the situation, how I how I handled it, how I responded to it, how I responded to it externally and internally. Like I was I was still cracking I was cracking jokes with the nurses. Um I remember going to the hospital when I was younger and just like oh, when I got my first jab, I would I would hide under a chair, cry and screaming my eyes out. And uh, that was when I was like 22 years old. Nah, I'm joking. I was probably like six, um, 16. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I would be absolutely petrified. But I'm still aware that the, the the actual the actual awareness of how far you've come can actually feel really, really, really good. So when when I've been when you're met with times of ad adversity, like you've got you've got to remember like the way that you. The way that you deal with it is kind of like a test of character. Are you going to fold? Are you going to drag drag other people down around you? Are you going to be miserable? Are you going to be sad? Are you going to be a victim? Or are you going to be in a? Are you going to lead by example? Like you're placed in this, you're put in this situation, you're in this position. Yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah, you don't want to be there. Whatever it is, whatever has happened to you. But you're put in this situation or position where you can either be a victim or you can be a victor in the sense that you can you are undergoing hardship you are undergoing something that you would choose not to undergo you don't have to enjoy the actual situation but you can you're put in a position where you can where where you can choose whether you want to be this victim and be sad and miserable in this cloud of negativity or you can be positive and you can be like a beacon of light in the darkness for other people like lead by example and show other people that yeah you can you can be fucking you can get over this you can get through this it can be fine you can be positive you can be happy and you can actually use your adversity to to bring to bring people up and inspire them and like just kind of lead the way in the sense that you're in a negative situation but you're not letting it win you're nothing's going to change the fact that this is happening so nothing is going to change the fact that you have to i have to undergo all these tests nothing is going to change the fact that this terrible thing has happened whatever it is in your life but what can change is the way that you respond to it we are responsible we are we are able to respond as we choose to things, to situations. And like I said, that doesn't mean that you have to be okay about things. It doesn't mean you have to be happy that you're in hospital, that you have this physical adversity, that you're ill. It just means that you should make a conscious decision to respond how how maybe someone that you looked up to would or respond in a way that is going to inspire other people and make the world a better place rather than making making the world a worse place like you've been placed in this situation whether you believe it's by some like higher power or just like a pure pure unluck or whether it's fate whatever it is you've been placed in this situation whether you like it or not and you've been placed there but you have the ability to to 
to make it whatever you want to make it. Like I said, I could have gone to this this appointment, um, this 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 thing, and I could have been really scared. And obviously, I was a little bit anxious. I'm only human. Um, I could have uh, could have been not very nice to be around. I could have not spoken to the nurses. I could have got home and um, and like be, locked myself in my room and fucking cried my eyes out about how I was violated by a seventy year old man with a. 23 inch plastic metal tube with a camera on the end um you know what i'm saying or i could have been there i could have accepted the situation for what it is i could have looked at everything i can do at everything i can control i can control my emotional state i can control what I, how i frame this i can control how i think of it and i can i can crack some jokes to the nurses i can make them laugh i can make them smile i can improve their day by being a bit of a, a bit of a idiot a bit of a twat and then I can get home and I can make jokes about it as well. And I can, and let's just kind of play it for what it is. And I can jump on a podcast and tell a story about it. Like what the situation is, whatever you, whatever you make it. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty, but I'm, but I'm pretty happy. Like I'm in a very good place, good place mentally. And I think that also comes down to this. I was listening to something the other day and it's about, uh, what was it about? I think it's about why, why men are more likely to cheat on their partners. And, um, from a psychological point of view, we're we i don't know how this applies to men i can't remember but um we we as humans we thrive on novelty we love new things we love new experiences we we love change because change equals excitement if the change isn't directly linked to a loss we find it incredibly entertaining and interesting it's like if you're if you're a guy listening to this i'm sure you have had this before and you've had a i can shamefully say that well not shamefully it's just human nature at the end of the day i can say that i've had like a i've met someone i've had a girlfriend i've slept with them like several times and then the, the, i've just kind of got a bit bored of it i've like it's like okay man like i'm i'm done with it i'm over it and i've got bored of people in the past and it's because from a psychological point of view we we thrive off novelty and we love we love this change and excitement so although this this thing happening to me might seem very very negative as well it's also a, a, a big a big change or it throws a bit of like a bit of spice into the mix of my life because it's this interesting thing it's this problem to overcome and um we like problems whether you as long as there's no direct loss link to it obviously we're loss averse we like problems and we like to be able to solve them something else i was listening to today going off a complete tra- complete tangent was how uh was how we don't kind of link it in was how we don't it's not about achieving a goal that makes us happy either. So you could look at this as a similar thing or not. But it's not It's not achieving a goal that makes us happy because when we achieve a goal, we think, now what? It's the actual process of seeing improvement and seeing growth that is what makes us happy. So I don't know how I got to this. I feel like I'm blabbering on a little bit, but I'm to keep on going. So when we, have you ever got it where you've got somewhere and you, you've, you've wanted this guy, you've wanted this job, you've wanted this, you've wanted, uh, you wanted this girlfriend, whatever it is, and you get to it and you finally achieve this dream, you achieve this goal and it's like, okay, now what? Like it's good for a few days, a few hours, but then you get bored of it. Or maybe you've been saving up for a new phone and you cannot wait to get it. You get it and you you peel you peel off the packaging. You, you're you're really careful with it. And then a few days goes by, a few weeks go by, and you're you're bored of it. And it's because it's not new anymore. It's not novel. And it's also because it's a goal, and we've 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 achieved it. And it's like now, what do I do? And it's the actual process of setting a goal and moving towards it and seeing progress, not so much achieving the goal. That is what makes us happy. So completely off tangent again. That is why it's important to uh, important to set goals and write down plans and actually formulate things and track progress because it means that we're going to be it's going to make us happier. Um, I want to talk about as well. It's kind of linking it in how um, 
about actually the, the title of this podcast, the little things or appreciating the small stuff. So it just like being being met with the the possibility or the visualization, visualizing my impending potential impending doom during that scan kind of made me very appreciative of all the little things that you take for granted every single day. It's like, do this right now like as I'm talking. Hold your breath. Don't breathe in. Don't breathe out. Just hold it. And try and hold your breath for as long as you possibly can. Even better, breathe out and it'll make it come quicker. So, Hold your breath for as long as you possibly can until you can no longer take it anymore. And as your carbon dioxide in your blood starts to build up, you'll start to get these contractions. You'll start to go... If you've got the willpower to actually hold your breath and you will have this urge to breathe like nothing before. Yet every single day you take a breath and right now holding your breath, the one thing you want to do is breathe and take this breath of fresh air and you're going to be like, oh, like it feels incredible. It feels great. But you go through this day kind of like blind or numbed to the fact that every single day you're doing this and breathing in. And it's the same with everything else. We go through our days, we take things for granted, we want something, we get it, and then we we just get used to it and we take it for granted and it's on to the next thing because we are never present. We're always looking for something else. And um, it's like when I, was in, when I was in hospital the first time, when I was about 18 years old, when I spent a lot of time in hospital a few weeks and underwent my first few surgeries on my knee when I had an infection, I remember lying in bed and being in this like dead hospital ward. It was, it was so boring. And... Uh, I think it was raining outside and all I wanted to do was I, was, I couldn't leave the bed. I couldn't walk. I couldn't really, I, the only thing I could do was like roll out of bed to use the toilet um, and then be rolled over there in a wheelchair. All I wanted to do was feel the rain on my skin and that was literally it. And I remember just wanting to feel the rain on my skin or just the wind or the sun or just be able to, being able to go outside was like the one thing that I wanted. And then I eventually left hospital and I felt the rain and it was brilliant. And I appreciated the rain falling down on me. I appreciated the cold, wet water, like um, pitter pattering onto my face, getting me wet, like soaking through my clothes. It's like, man, this is fucking the best thing ever. And then a few weeks went by, a few months went by. And uh, before you know it, you're like, oh, stupid rain, getting me wet, ruining my day. What a terrible, shitty day. And uh, you learn not to, you, you, you eventually, you slip back into these old habits and it's like every single day we have so many things to be grateful for and appreciative of, but we we don't stop. We don't stop and think. We're not mindful. We don't stop to think to appreciate them. We don't imagine not having them. And uh, and yeah, it's just kind of, it's, it's not a path to happiness. It makes us unhappy. It makes us miserable because we're always looking for other things and we're never appreciative of what we have right now in the present. And like, I'm a sucker for this. You're a sucker for this. Everyone is a sucker for this. And the solution to this issue, or one of the things that you can do, there's a couple of things you can do, or things that I do to combat it. Number one is I write down every single day three things that I'm grateful for in my diary. What three things am I grateful for today? Really, really think about it. Like just imagine like when you've been, um, imagine if you're blind, like you couldn't see anything. But, but you can, you, right now, you can, you, you're, you, you're probably using your sight. Or imagine if you're deaf, you couldn't hear anything. Like you, you, you'd only, you'd only, you'd only really come to appreciate it once it has gone. But you're blessed with so many things that you can do, so many things that you do have right now, that why you should, surely you should be the happiest person in the world. It's like even someone that's starving to death somewhere in the other side of the world, in some impoverished country, like they, might have water. I'm sure there's someone somewhere else in the world that uh, doesn't have water and would love some water 
over food. And it's it's just not it's not saying that you should like uh should pity everyone else and come from this and think how like be uh, be grateful for how privileged you are. It's more about appreciating the things that you things that you do have and taking a minute to stop and think about like how lucky you actually are. Another thing you can do as well is like I always say it: meditate, cultivate mindfulness, be more mindful of other people, be more mindful of the things that you do have, and be be kind of more present in the moment and stop being so caught up and away in your thoughts. And you can get to that point better by uh by practicing things such as meditation um i'm gonna wrap this up now but i want to say as well i read this the other day from a book called the laws of human nature and it ties in nicely of this and it's when when it comes to when it comes to looking at things and and goal setting we always look for we always look at people above us we always look at what we don't have we always look at how people have more especially in this age of social media we look at the the people that are absolutely that are driving nice cars that are traveling all over the world that are absolutely smashing it and the laws of human nature by robert green actually says that we should we shouldn't look up to people we should look down on people we should look down on people in the sense that we should look down on them as to all the things that we have that they don't like look how lucky we are look at like a like homeless man for example he if we if we look at him look how much more we have from a from a physical possession point of view from a maybe he's got mental health issues from a from a mental health point of view you have so much more and you should be grateful for that by looking down at people rather than looking up at people you're going to come to really really appreciate the things that you you do have and it's not so much a matter of it is kind of a matter of comparison, but it's about comparing yourself to people below you in the sense that you should be grateful for how much, how many things you actually do have. Like you have your a nice pair of shoes, you have nice clothes, you have a warm roof over your head. You're you're from a from a from a loving family. You're in a in a nice environment. You're listening to this on a phone right now, so you should be grateful for that. And it also allows you to cultivate empathy for these people as well. And uh, help them out in the sense that you're going to be more empathetic towards them because you're actually considering their situation and and the things that they do have. So yeah, look down on people. And uh, that's from Robert Greene, The Laws of Human Nature, The Concise Laws of Human Nature. I do not read the full long books by Robert Greene because they are too much for me. That's still like 300 pages. But um, yeah, anyway, that was an absolute ramble of a podcast. Drop me a message, let me know what you think. And as always, guys, keep killing it. I love you to bits. I hope you enjoyed the new microphone. And um, I will get something to you next week as well trying to return to the schedule on monday of podcasts every monday see how that goes and uh as always let me know about any guests i've had a lot of requests for joe joey d joe delaney um i would quite like to get him on actually he did a really cool youtube video of the day on uh overthinking if you haven't checked it out check it out but anyway thank you good night peace out